We are here because we are dedicated to helping the entire CrossFit community. Determined to elevate coaches, box owners, athletes, and everything in between, we believe that this mission will begin right here, right now. While this time and this goal begins with you, our hope is that you take this fire ignited within you and weave it into your own life with the same unrelenting passion to give those you have the privilege of coming in contact with the best hour of their day. Welcome back. Another episode, best hour of their day. Fern, how are you doing today? Fucking great. <laughs> Do you, what, what's a bad start to the day look like for you, Fern? That's not a thing. Not a thing. Nope, because I've woken up in some pretty shitty places, and I'm not in any of those places, so every day is for great. I wake up, my kids are in there. I walked in. Actually, it was pretty interesting. I walked in. Uh, I could hear. So we locked Chappie's bedroom so he won't wander around at night because he'll lock do that. Him lock him in. Lock like, him in. Lock him in the bedroom. It's called yep. a cage. You've, you have, it's big. I get it. It's big, but it's a it's cage. It's nice. Listen, it's plush. It's plush in there. Is the, he in a um, or a bed? No, he's in a bed. What age do they go to a bed? Mm, I think it depends on the child. My, my we child took him out of there. We took him out of there as soon as he was climbing out of it. And I was like, well, this is just dangerous. So my child so. is slow. I have a slow child. That's so funny. he oh that's okay. Um the the so I he in the morning he'll wake up and he'll just and he'll just yank on the door, which is funny. Out of locked doors, but apparently he can't unlock it and let himself out. That's the funny part. And uh, but he just yells out the door, so I just leave him alone. And then he and then he gets quiet. And then I'm like, oh shit, what is he doing? But then I walk in this morning. He's like trying to take his pants off, and he's like, it's broke. And I'm like, it's not broken. Leave your pants on. He's like, okay. And then we we're walking down, and then we're walking down. He's starting to talk, which is hilarious. Um, and then we get downstairs, and Jess is like, that's not the shirt I put him in put him to bed in and i was like really and i was like you this dude changed his shirt in the middle of the night and she's like and it's on backwards and i was like jason ackerman he's, he's out partying he's sneaky he, you, you got the door locked he's going out the window hanging out with the two-year-old girls down the road right. you know coming back like like father like son like father like son <laughs> you're hanging out with two-year-old girls um what about you katie we don't hear much from a day in the life of katie Young Katie. I was telling her, I told I said bravo for those wedding pictures that she posted. Oh my goodness, Katie. Yeah, I saw those this morning. You uh Queen you, of Awkward. Yeah. I, Instagram, Katie, for those that want to check you out, get to know who young Katie is. Young Katie. Um, my Instagram is Katie Galley45. Uh, but it's K-A-T-Y. So spelled the correct way for Katie. What's the, yeah. What's the <laughs> significance of the 45? So Michael, um is that Michael Jordan's comeback? It that was Michael Jordan's come, comeback number, which was his baseball number as well. Yeah. That's not why it's it's forty five though. But that's a good guess. Um, the do you guys know the movie Rudy uh, about the Notre Dame football player? Do we know the movie? I ever <laughs> do you do you know the movie Rudy? Katie is the question. Rudy spoke to my senior high school class. Did he really? The really? real one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's uh. So I had I had him on my podcast, but he's my like forever. Uh. Like I've, I've looked up to him forever. I saw him, I saw the movie when I was little and I just loved it. So 45 is his number or was his number. So 
I've heard, he's not, I've heard he's not the most pleasant person, but that's just what I've heard second or third hand. So he, he seemed nice, but he was it wasn't like it was a little bit of an underwhelming interview, which could have been my fault for sure. But he was yeah, he was he was no Sean Astin for sure. I don't, I don't <laughs> think so. I believe in you, young Katie. <laughs> you interviewed him for your podcast. I did. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's incredible. Yeah. Speaking of we had we just had a conversation with Coach Bergner, you and I and the coaches group speaking of Notre Dame. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, in our in our coaches group, we've had some great guests, Coach B being one. And I think, you know, having just been on that call, it's very reminiscent. One thing, I mean, Coach Bergner's in his 70s, still crushing life. You know, he's going to be at the games this year. I'm excited to see him. But Katie, did you did you not realize one of the things he does the best as a coach is keep it simple? Yeah, I mean, he does do that, even in his answers. Is- yeah. Yeah, even his answers, right? Like towards the end when people's hands are up, I'm like, oh no, we're going to run over this and that. And he's just quick, concise, gets to the point, doesn't belabor it, but doesn't also make you feel like he's not answering your question. But, you know, when he was talking about the snatch, he literally is like jump. And I think, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Fern, that's something that a lot of newer coaches do not do well. It's you see it on seminar staff too. So in the, in the pro, so the the kind of evolution of somebody on seminar staff is is very indicative of their ability to answer questions. In my experience, so the more the more green you are on seminar staff, typically the longer the answers are, the more seasoned you become, the more concise the answers come uh, become. And this something I was guilty of was not listening to the question. What do you mean so, by that? Meaning you, they start to talk and then I become a waiting to talker. So I'm starting to assume what they're asking. And then I go on to some weird tangent that addresses my random stream of thoughts rather than just answering the question that they asked. And it still happens occasionally, but I'm, I'm much more cognizant of it now, which is what is, what are they asking? And then how do I answer that as specifically as possible? And it typically that would lend itself to much, a much more brief answer than it would otherwise that's interesting and i think that's a worldwide phenomenon of would you call it a waiting to talker oh yeah yeah i don't know i got that from a book somewhere and i'm still kind of a waiting to talker i mean i I just i don't know that i'll ever go away um but i used to be very 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 bad at it where like if you started a sentence like i wouldn't even listen to the rest of the sentence i was just like waiting to give my input on like what it was that you were saying are you laughing because he's doing it right now katie (laughs) (laughs) but but you asked me a question i i think that i'm guilty of it as well and one of the things i read the daily stoic every day try to dive into some of the stoicism philosophies and books and you, you hear it over and over again, talk less, right? Listen, you know, we, the cliche of like, we have two ears, one mouth type of thing. And I really try to think about how many words you're using, keeping it simple. And of course, we're, throughout this episode, we're going to n- apply this process to coaching. But I think going back to what you were saying, because I, I think you and I went through the same evolution and I'll get a question and you're right. It's like, what are they actually asking? But the fault is, I want you to know how much I know about what you're asking. Rather That's where than, I was going to go with that. That's the old Boz. Like, is the is the answer that you just gave for you or for them? 
yeah, I mean, I'll wrap a story in there. I'll talk, it's like, hey, I just asked what your best cues to keep someone's weight in their heels. How did you start talking about your PR back squat? You know? right. um, but I think as, as new members of staff, you know, we are, you know, those are better coaches than, than average, right? They made it onto seminar staff. They worked really hard. And now that, hey, I, I want to showcase what I know, especially, you know how it is at the beginning. When you first get on staff, you're not doing much. So when someone asks you a question, you're like, this is my moment. I'm going to show 50 people how good I am. And, and I think coaches can fall into that trap at the box as well. And it's not, it's not intentional. Yeah. I mean, it can be. So like some people are very braggadocious and they just like to hear themselves talk. They, most of the time it's because you're passionate and you're just, you just have yet to learn how to, how to, how to take all, take out all of the excess and just give what is necessary. So we've kind of been referencing answering questions, but this goes into teaching, which is, you know, layers over to over coaching or over teaching a, a very simple concept. Going back to what you said earlier about coach Bergner and his, you know, teaching the sample, he just says jump, you know, that's how, essentially how we teach the push jerk in the level one. And when I stopped over teaching the push jerk is when I became very confident in teaching the push jerk. What were some of the things you were doing back then that, you know, specifically to the push shirt that might you, you would consider over coaching? Well, I'm sure you've seen it when somebody teaches the, the rebend of the knees. Yeah. You know, what even in, in the, in the, you could, you could see, you've seen this in the clean in the snatch and as well is in the, the push jerk when somebody, they walk through it and they say, all right, you know, you're going to dip down and then you're going to stand up and extend and you're going to squeeze and then you're going to rebend your knees and then you're going to lock out the bar overhead and then you're going to stand up again. And while that is technically correct, I very rarely does that go well for somebody who doesn't know what they're looking at, meaning the, the athlete that you're trying to coach. They will walk through all of that when I could have just said, hey, just jump and land and hold the landing position for me. And they will do that. And they will do something that resembles a, a well-executed extension of the hips and knees and land in a not awkward position. Yeah, very seldomly at a level one, does someone jump and land with what their legs extended? It, it hurts. <laughs> it hurts. It happens once in a while. Not Like I've seen it. Self-correcting like, evolution, self-correcting. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, there's no way you would normally jump like that. Hey, you, you mentioned, you know, the snatch and you made me think of a question. Who was at your first level one? Who was teaching there? Because as, as you were talking about it, I was thinking about when I first learned the snatch. Mine or one. Katie? No, 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 yours. Like, who oh. was it? Because I remember learning, remember Tony Budding? Yeah, yeah. You know, former media guy. Mm -hmm. I remember learning the snatch from him and it was really like super basic, like that jump. Uh, go to go below the knee, pull it to your thigh. Now jump. Who was and at the at my level one? I mean, Coach Glassman was. It was you know looking back on it, a who's who: Nicole Carroll, Dave Castro, Pat Sherwood, E.C. Tinkowski, John Gills. I mean, so many people. Who was that yours? It was a few years later. I'm. When I was 2008, what year did you take yours? Seven, 2007. Yeah, so it was like I think it was I, I believe it was early 2008, but I, it was definitely Pat. So Sherwood was there. Um, we might have talked about this. Do you remember when you could submit a, your license plate? Like if you got a license plate that said CrossFit on, they would give you a free seminar. <laughs> yeah, that I do remember that. 
That's funny. I did. I did have an ALB XFit on my old Honda CRV um, in New York. Yeah, I had that, and then uh, Jess had a like an X Fit on her crotch rocket that she had at that. Remember point. also yeah. when X Fit, there was like some controversy that a there was, a yeah, it was using it or something. Yeah, there was some sort of IP uh, yeah. fallout there, but um, anyway, so it was definitely Pat, um, Andrew. For the life of me, I can't remember his last name. He was a Marine at the time. Thompson. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Andrew Thompson. I, I think Chuck was there, but I think he was super new at the time. Uh, I believe Jeff Tencher. Yeah. Maggie's husband. Yep. And then I'm, sh- I'm pretty sure I, I would have to go back into the archive and see if I could find the photo. What I would say about once a year. I do know this. I was wearing a green shirt and a black hat. <laughs> I know that for a fact. Surprise. Surprise. You have one about once a year. What the picture of me at the level one will like somebody on Facebook like tags it or puts a comment on it and it brings it back up and then you look back and it's always fun to look back on some of the old seminars because I attended multiple level ones and not only see who taught but see some of the friends that I that I still have from that original level one uh yeah and I was at um the first level one in New York was at CrossFit South Brooklyn, David Osorio's box. Mm-hmm. And it was actually, I think it was either Chuck's first seminar working or first one flowing. And Coach Glassman showed up. He took us all out to dinner and it was a debauchery of a night. So it was a, it was a, a lot of fun in, in Brooklyn. And what so, does all have to do with overteaching? I don't know. I don't know, Katie. You're supposed to reel us in. <laughs> Well, I was intrigued because you will the that's very interesting about the license plates. And then I just I got distracted. So this is this is bad now. <laughs> are we a bad influence on you? Would you I guess say? so. I guess <laughs> we are going to to meet you in person. Yeah. Are you I'm excited? excited. I, I'm, I'm excited and nervous. Um, rumor <laughs> is Fern and I are going to play a game of one on one basketball. Yep. Our Airbnb does have a, a basketball hoop. Is it win by two? I have one at my house too. Is it win by two when we play? I mean, you, sure. you're, you're, that is high hopes, my friend, that you think it's going to be that close. <laughs> is it, I'm, I'm going to play left-handed. <laughs> Are baskets one or two points? Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fouling. Am I allowed to dunk? I, I, I cannot wait to watch you try to dunk. Yeah. It, it is interesting to think, though, that, you know, and, and I think, you know, that you could off, dunk <laughs> off topic, but and then we'll bring it back. You know, we've talked about entrepreneurship. It was on our recent episode of, of our Patreon bonus episode. Actually, you know, as we're recording, it came out today. But you you come on board with I mean, first of all, we launched affiliate you amidst the pandemic. Right. Which is pretty cool. Secondly, Katie, you've changed your career path come on board with us lunatics all during the pandemic and it's just it just reminds me every day of like you can do whatever you want in this life like you know you changed your life I mean you got married also that's kind of cool not as cool if you went to like 2021 marriage working with us too I mean where would Tyler doesn't listen to the show where would you put this both would be under both would be undergoing to Disneyland. That's what there, there yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, Disney World is number one. <laughs> Are you a collector of any sort at Disney World, Katie, or do you just enjoy going? I've gotten 
down a rabbit hole of collectors recently on YouTube, especially uh, wrestling action figures. So any listeners, if you have any wrestling action figures, <laughs> hit me up. But um, do you? I had a client um, years and years ago who collected the Disney pins. Do you do any of that? Oh, um, I've had pins in Disney pins. Like my, my dad used to get them for us, but I'm not big into collecting. I don't like things like having collectible things as much as I like just going and experiencing the, the trips. So, yeah. I like that. I think that's what I like about you, Katie. (laughs) So, so Fern, there's, there's obviously this idea of keeping it simple, but let's dig into the, to the opposite of that over coaching. Mm -hmm. So this is something it, it's a lack of ability to, to get my, my mind organized is really what that ends up being. So you watch somebody. So an example of that would be somebody who they walk out and they teach all of the points of performance in one shot for a movement. So let's pick the air squat and they say, all right, guys, we're going to have our feet underneath our hips. We're going to start in a standing position. This is extension. And then from there, we're going to tighten up our belly, have some midline stabilization. You're going to keep your arms up. And then from there, we're going to keep our weight in our heels. And then we're going to send our hips back and down having our knees track over the toes and make sure we get hip crease below the knee. And then we're going to stand back and get back to that position. I'm all right. All right. Now you're going to go. And then it's just, which again, is all correct. The, the, the inability or the lack of skill to layer on the teaching points is what has yet to develop yet, which just, it takes practice. Like everybody can do it. It just takes practice. And that's how it usually starts. Um, and we've talked about this before, I think, but the reason they're doing that is there is there's this desire to buffer or front load with information with the hopes that it will fix the problems that I'm worried that I'm going to see. That's an interesting point, right? And somebody recently asked in our coaches group, what do I do differently on the level one online? And it's not that I do anything differently, but one thing that you really have to do well is kind of simplify it and, and start with one point of performance at a time. I never thought about it from that perspective, which I think is true. Sometimes it's the, it's the same thing as like, I don't want to see this, right? You see that a lot. And I, that's a pet peeve of mine. I, I bring it up a lot, like coaching the positive and, and going back to this, don't coach what you think is going to go wrong. Coach what you're seeing. And building on that, it is that idea of one step at a time, keep it simple, stupid, but let, let's you know get a little nuancy on this with the air squat. All things being equal, because because sometimes I will adjust based on what I'm seeing. But if you were going into a group and you were about to teach the air squat, what order would you layer on the points of performance? Stance first. Stance always. Always first. first. Yeah. Well, I mean, Fern, I don't. I know I'm a level four. You're only level three. But stance is not a point of performance. No, I mean, it's not. But I do teach it first. You probably I mean, so for level three who who has legit credit credentials, stance is how you start the position. Jay, I realize I, that you would you would probably start with midline stabilization, but start with stance, and then uh, and then I would probably so from there from stance I would go to midline stabilization probably because I'm going to hit it on the on the front end just to get it out of the way because that is an overarching theme throughout the entirety of the movement. So I'm just going to teach people what it is and how to do it. And then stay. That's what we're doing. 
there's there's four other points of performance. You touch on those as well. Right. Or I thought don't... you I thought I thought you were gonna have something to say, which is rare that you don't. So I would love to keep going. So you're listening. You're doing the right. listening thing. I get right. you. No, I was listening. I was waiting for you to go, and then you know, and then you had nothing. Had nothing as usual. So um... speaking of listening, let me interrupt. I have a bone to pick. <laughs> Not with either of you. Not with either of you, but with our listeners. All right. We have thousands of downloads, thousands of listens, if you will, every episode. I think yes. that's not a thing. Yes. We have 247 reviews on the podcast. I believe it's one of those. Um, 244 of them are nose hole. <laughs> the other three are my mom. So my mom bought three iPhones just so she can leave three reviews. So, but I think it's one of those scenarios where, you know, the, 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 um, in psychology, I mean, I have a master's in psych, so I've heard this numerous times, you guys, maybe not. But there's this idea of like, if so, if you think someone else will do it, you might not do it. So listeners, all of you need to do it. Pause this episode, go to Apple. Maybe you listen on Spotify. Maybe you listen on iHeartRadio, like Jersey Tony. But go leave a review for us, please. I want to get to a thousand reviews. That shouldn't be hard. We get- I win. That's, what's that, Katie? By when? A thousand reviews by when? Yesterday. Yesterday. Okay. I <laughs> and I know it doesn't seem like a big deal, but that's what helps and other people find the podcast. So if you found something useful from this podcast, share it. Don't have that scarcity mindset. Share it. Go leave us. Even if it's just click the five star and you don't want to say anything, say something positive. You know, just you can refer to me as L4 Jason, L3 Jason, if you want to say something nice about Fern as well. I'm totally fine with that. I'm secure in my manhood. So going back to the air squat, I, I go ground up mostly. I typically go feed, you know, stance, like you said. And then, oh, he, hmm. <laughs> and then interesting, interesting. We're at now. How the how the tides have turned. And then I go to heels. Typically, knees follow line of action depth, and I go last midline stabilization. Oftentimes I find if I do all these other things right, the midline stabilization is happening. But with that being said, if I see someone, I'll say something and, and you can't be so tied to your progression, if you will, because it really is just your, your version of the progression. You can't be so tied to it that you're not willing to make an audible. The, the reason I start with the midline stabilization, particularly in that setting, in the level one setting is because it is you know, one of the five commons that we would teach that cut that, that blanket all of the functional movements, but it's also uh, one of the ones that can be a slightly confusing, I guess. Like, I think everybody kind of conceptually knows like what that means, but uh, like not everybody knows how to teach it or teach people to do it. So just to clear the air on that and be like, Hey, you know, and this, I stole this from the CrossFit kids course, which is, you know, they just tell the kids like, all right, pat your belly and growl like a bear. Right. And then do that. I learned that right. from boss. Yeah. Right. So, um, so I'll teach them that because now that's, now that's just layered on top of everything, like just everything that we're going to do. It doesn't matter whether we're squatting, we're pressing, whether we're doing the deadlift series, like that is what we're now doing moving forward. It's also a visual cue. So I'm trying to just give them something immediately, a little nugget. And then from there, I will, I will follow through with the same kind of strategy, which is with, uh, that you use, which is I'll just work my way from the floor up by joint. So I'll start with the feet and then I'll go to the knees and then I'll go to the hips and then I'll kind of look at the shoulders from there and, 
the simplicity of it helps me stay on track, which is, which is the, the plan. And that, that's what I preach in level two is just like, write the plan, stick to the plan. Don't deviate from the plan because the plan covers everything. And, and one thing often overlooked, especially in the squat, when it comes to midline and, and, and to be clear, if I don't start from the ground up, I do start with midline just depends on if something causes me to want to go that way. But I think oftentimes, especially with the air squat, we only look at flexion and we forget that there's this whole principle of overextension also, right. which is important to address, right? And after that, pat yourself on the belly, et cetera, you know, goes on. So I think, I think that's great. So going back to overcoaching, yes, you can certainly front load the movements. Not successfully, in my opinion. No, no, no I'm saying that's one way to overcoach. Oh yeah. That, that would be an example of overcoaching, right? So then front loading them. Um, and then, so then you'll see somebody double down. So they'll front load it and then they'll, they'll go into a set of reps and they will give three things for people to concentrate on, you know? So like, Hey, I want you to keep your belly tight track then have the knees track over the toes and keep the weight in the heels. And it's like, that's a lot. Like it's a lot for most people who are already overthinking the movement as it is. And the, the tendency there is again, you're, you're trying to front load. I'm trying to, I'm trying to make things magically disappear rather than just coach them. And, and this is the concept that we talked about this before, but the, there's a difference between teaching and coaching. Teaching is me talking, coaching is them doing, and then my seeing and correcting that, that would be the, the very simplistic division between the two. So I, just give them less. Hey guys, for the next couple of reps, all I want you to do, drive the heels down, make sure you have a little weight at the ball of your foot. That's it. I don't care if anything else goes wrong. And then the simplicity of, of that, rather than over-teaching, then has carryover to what I focus on and leads to seeing, which then leads to correcting. And, now, and I want to touch on something that I mentioned earlier, to, to be clear, the coaching and the negative. It's, it, I think these kind of two things go hand in hand. It's like, focus on these three things. Don't do X, Y, and Z. And, and for the listeners, what I mean by that is, uh, let, let's let's go into the front squat. All right, I want to see your elbows up. What I don't want to see are your elbows here. I don't want to see your elbows there. I don't want to mm -hmm. see your elbows here. And it's like, one, no one was doing that. And two, mm -hmm. if they do, like you said, that's seeing and correcting. You, you can't show everything that could go wrong. And for a lot of people, especially the newer people, A, they didn't even realize that was a mistake they could make. And now they're right. thinking about it. And two, if you give them too much with that. Hey guys, we, I don't want to see this, this, and this, by the way, heels, knees, depth, etc. By the time they get to moving, they forget which one you actually wanted them to do. Like, wait, was that the good one or the bad one? So I, I, I learned it from wrestling. You know, it was always the idea of like, Hey, you're going out there and your coach says, don't get taken down. And I'm like, all right, good plan coach. Don't get taken down. I'll do my best. And now, and then you find yourself getting taken down. And you think, and then in my mind, I'm like, shit, not only have I been taken down, which is a bad position, I've given up two points, but I've let my coach down, right? So tell me what to do. Don't tell me what not to do. And it's the same thing with, with, with parenting. It's the same thing with your significant other. Like, cool. Don't, you know, if your wife was like, hey, when you put the dishes in the dishwasher, don't do them these 10 ways that I don't like. I'm just like, hey, let me just put them in the dishwasher. Let me just do that. That's a big step for me. And if you don't like it, then fix it. Tell me what you do. And, and by the way, there's no correct way to load a dishwasher, according to Ross. 
unless you're talking about how you put the utensils in the um, in the holder. You go down or up? Prong down, prong up? No, no. There's only one way to do that. I'm not, I'm asking, what is the correct way? Down. That's what I okay. I do that right. Most no, no, no. That that is the right answer. That's not is a discussion. It? Yeah, it, having it the other way is is pure insanity. Why is that? Why? Okay, so if you put them in up, do you, you realize what you have to do to take it out, right? You have to put your dirty ass hands all over the part that you eat off of. I also know a guy that just put a steak knife through his hand doing that too. So well, for yeah, the listener, it's, it's illogical and unsafe. So just a little life tip there, kids. Put the fork end down in the dishwasher. For the listeners, if that's not reason enough to leave a review, come on. That's a yeah. That's a life lesson you just. That is right. You, you're. I'm gonna. You know what? I, I can't say this is gonna hold up in court. But and the same goes to... true for having a firearm in a helicopter. Point it down. You know, just another life lesson there. Don't point it up. It's bad things if you let off a round that goes up in a helicopter. Nothing good. Promote, nothing good will happen. I was gonna promote you. I've decided against it because you interrupted. But I was gonna promote you to a level three point one. You know what? <laughs> I take it. But it's like having a stripe on your purple belt. Like you're not a brown belt, but you're a little more advanced, but you're back to a level three. You know, what's interesting, I find it cute that you think I care what you would rank me as. Katie, Katie tells me about your conversations. With it's her. adorable. I think it is absolutely adorable. It's adorable. I have, a, I have a funny, so for the dishwasher, you know, I live with Tyler now. And um, it's very obvious when he tries to load it because that he doesn't pull out the bottom rack where the utensils go because they are all in the first compartment <laughs> all of them <laughs> every single one <laughs> I, I kind of vary where they go i consider yeah, every I time spread them out is empty like forks in this one and then by the time you get to it you're just like whatever what's the hey katie tyler doesn't listen what's the biggest what's your biggest pet peeve now that you live with him what's he do come on tell us well, before we lived together, he was, I mean, he's like a boy, so he's messy, but he's, he's good. He's doing Thank really you. good. <laughs> We're not messy. Fred and I are not messy. Yeah. We're also yeah, men. Sure. We're men, not boys. But go boy, on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, you wear the same shirt every day. So yeah. <laughs> you don't wash it. Your boy, your boy's size. Your yeah, boy size. You're definitely. Is this boy size. Rocking my care shirt available at best hour of their day? It's spelled wrong. You freaked out there for a second, which was great to watch. Yeah, yeah. yeah we got great. a new shirt coming, Fern. That yeah. shirt's almost ready, by the way. Fuck yeah, it is. So. All right, so what is it, Katie? He smells? No, he doesn't smell. I really, so far, no pet peeves yet. I mean, we've only lived together for six weeks, so I'll keep you posted. <laughs> I mean, I would have had a pet peeve the moment we- Right away. <laughs> yeah, so that's pretty good that you're that you're thinking like that. Also, quick so. question. When um, just- have you washed that sweatshirt yet? <laughs> you asked one. No, I have not. Okay. I told yeah. you the good thing. It goes up in the closet. I wear it when I'm downstairs. Right. I had a little Madison twinge in my nose on the Madison, podcast. Madison uh, completely vomited on me yesterday. Completely in that sweatshirt. <laughs> I happen to not be wearing anything, but um, Roz, Roz is like, she really likes this. And it's like, putting her up like Superman and she's laughing, laughing until she was throwing up on me. It was, it was the, you know, I don't get grossed out. So I was like, Oh, this is great. But, uh, it was interesting. I also, not gave yet. Her- right, Cause baby puke and, and, and 
poop is is cute at this age it's not cute when she's two i'll tell you that right now but yeah it was more like it's like chunky white stuff that comes up like it's yeah so anyway let's go back into over coaching katie derailed us as usual um let's go back so what are some of the things you see then you know you bring up seminar staff you bring up front loading a movement where else can we see over coaching at the affiliate level the the places the cues so we, we started with teaching and then the oh, the next place it would happen is cues and just way too many words in the queue it is it's a long dissertation about like what's going wrong and then how they can go about fixing it rather than just giving the solution to the problem so i, I pick a cue pick a pick a pick a movement and give me a fault all right, someone is doing the sumo deadlift high pull and they are pulling early. Okay, cool. So then I would walk up and say, hey, all right, so when you're starting to do the deadlift and what's happening is you're pulling early with your arms and that's kind of dissipating the, the energy or the power that you're, you know, you're trying to produce with your hips. So what, what we want to do is try to keep those elbows straight, but you got to wait until you extend the hips and then you're going to shrug and then you're going to pull with your elbows. So that's about as... The, real as it gets because i've seen it a million times yeah, i was falling so, asleep amidst right, that right Not so it, i mean you're gonna dive into a lot of those but one quick thing to point out is like if this is in the middle of my workout you've essentially <laughs> taken 10 seconds which it doesn't seem like a lot but i mean in a you know it's it's 10 seconds where people are dying for scores and dying for points well it's also incomprehensible at a hard at a heart rate of 160 like I'm, I'm not going to retain anything that you just gave me in that you scenario. I think that's a good way to say it. It's like you retaught, you didn't. Right. You didn't correct. Yeah, yeah, you you talked about a problem that was happening and and the and the potential solution for that instead of just giving the solution, which would be squeeze your butt with straight arms. Short, and, specific, and actionable. And I correct. usually say short means three words or less. Specific means there's some body part being mentioned in there and actionable is what to do with that body part, which you just said, squeeze your butt, right? It's like, hey, there's a fire going at the house, right? Hey, well, clearly someone left something on and now there's a fire going and it seems to be growing and it's like, get some fucking water, right? Like right. it's the same principle here. Like make it short, specific and actionable and a good cue should remind you of that whole thing you just said, but that happened during the teaching. Oh yeah, Fern did mention that I need to extend my hips all the way before setting off to that shrug and then ultimately pulling with the arms. Well, and understanding there's a, it happens to everybody. So you, you deep dive in a topic. It honestly doesn't even matter what it is. And then you forget that many of these things are, are in, particularly in movement, are, are fairly intuitive, like squatting or deadlifting, which is, you don't, really need to teach that much of it which is different than there's a lot of things happening in the deadlift but for the most part i could i could get somebody into a a deadlift position or or just tell them to squat and it would quasi resemble uh you know kind of what we're looking for and then from there i would start to figure out okay what am i going to address first so if, if you want to drill to practice teaching simply so I'll do this. So I'll do this in the breakouts at the level two, and I'll kind of wrap it up with this drill just to, just to show people that they are more than capable of teaching in very simple terms and getting what they want out of it, which is I'll put them on a 30 second clock and I'll say, you have 30 seconds to teach 
what you need to and get them moving into their first rep and inside of 30 seconds. And there's a moment of panic in there when everybody freaks out and they don't know what to do. And then most of them do it in under 20. Because what's happened is if I put you on a time crunch, you're just like, okay, cool. This essentially comes down to where do I put my hands? Where do my feet? And then what's the first action to make this thing, this thing happen? Because we forget that most people have a general concept of how to squat, how to pick something up off the floor, or how to put their hands over their head. It's not like they're for, it's foreign to them. We overcomplicate it by overteaching it rather than just getting them into something that resembles the movement and then tweaking the small parts that would need to be fixed. Yeah, and I would make the argument that, you know, you kind of say most people, like there are people that will walk in that don't have an idea. Those people need it even more simple than those that have right. an idea. Right. If mom walks in and you start talking about everything, it's like, hey, sit to that chair. Cool. Stand back up. That's how simple it should be. And again, I think it goes back to, is it, there's a, there's a, there's a quote out there. I believe it's like the, the curse of the novice coach, something like that. Hey, are you going to Google that? Are you, are you joking? Looking. No, no, no. There's, I yeah. know there is, but right. I don't okay. remember. I was going to say, I don't remember. Well, what the actual it, yeah, or if it directly okay. applied to this, but I think it does. Katie, you want to read it? If you, this is look, look at us using young Katie. Look at that. Who, who would have thought? Two, Are you? Two I found an article. I found an article called "The Novice's Curse." Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Coach Glossman, yeah, Glossman oh. wrote that, and I think he wrote it. Yeah. There's. I Her. found it. Hang on. Let's see. Her. Who would have thought two years ago? We'd have young Katie here finding things online for us. That's incredible. I'm proud of us. Yes. Look at us. I'm, I'm shocked that our partnership Katie, was made. Are you going to read it? This is, you're, you're, you look you want, me to read, you want me to read the whole article? No, so, it, it exists. <laughs> it exists. No, but can, yeah, but there's a quote in, it's, a, it's an oh, article oh, and there's a quote in the article. The novice's curse is manifested as excessive adonement, silly, creative, weak fundamentals, and ultimately a marked market lack of virtuosity and delayed mastery. Is that it? Yeah. Sarah Wilkinson used to have that by memory. She probably still does and write it on the board at the conclusion of, I think it was usually at a level two. Mm -hmm. but yeah. I mean, you know, coach Glassman speaking in big words as usual, but I think that is a lot of what we're saying. Um, you know, it's, it is the, the curse of the novice coach to want to give you everything and not wanting to give you just what you need in that moment. Well, the, the secondary effect of that is you, you provide more opportunity for yourself to be incorrect. This is, so when people start to overteach is when you see a lot of um, misuse of language or, um, or just complete uh, incorrect statements right? When people are doing that. So what I'll, what I'll, what I'll encourage people to do is like say less and it, and it, it, it is less opportunity for you to be wrong. That's right. True, like, right. right? Yeah. Like, like, you know, who is it? Uh, Todd Whitman was just saying, what's the, there's the statement. He just said it on one of the calls recently too. It's just like, um, it's like hear much, see much, learn. I can't remember what it is, but I remember when he said on the podcast, he's like, notice it doesn't say talk much. <laughs> and I was like, it does. It does not say talk much. So talk, talk less and it, and it will usually be simpler. It's like, you know, and, and it, again, this is all in the level two, which is, is like show, tell, do check is like, show them, tell them what we're doing, 
do it, check it. And that's just the rhythm that you're going to go through over and over and over and over. And you just do that for each of the points of performance. You know, think of it as don't pass, go, don't go to the next one until you've covered the first one. You know, and, and it's an Einstein quote. And I think, you know, most of us remember it from Michael Scott on the office where he kind of says like, Hey, pretend like you're teaching it to a five-year-old and, you know, Einstein used to say, if you can't explain it to a kindergartner, you don't really know it. I'm saying right. it as if Einstein said that to me. I, you know, I did, he did not say that to me, but, but we've heard it. And I, I, usually, I usually say, hey, explain, explain it to me like I'm an eight-year-old and then they will. And I'm like, now do it like I'm a five-year-old. And, that, and that's really what it should be. That's one of the great things about the kids course or, or just walking in and, and teaching kids because you would never use any of that language. You just wouldn't do it you you would uh, kids would look at you like what and then we'll go back to throwing balls at each other like you'd be like whatever dude cool story get out of here you know so keep it simple keep it simple a anything else we should add to this concept of overcoaching i think it comes from a lack of confidence so and usually it, you just need to see yourself you need to do it one time so that you have confidence like oh i actually don't need to over teach this like they will do something relatively close to what i'm looking for if we just get to it so next time you walk out on the floor that should be your goal walk out on the floor and then get to it relatively quickly if you're worried about like people getting injured they should probably not be using heavy weight when you do this or preferably a pvc pipe and get to it get them in the position and then from there, you're doing the real-time problem solving, which is what is wrong, and then what do I need to say to fix it? Yeah, and, and I, would, I would throw out there, we, we can actually advance this topic because a lot of what we're referring to is coaching or teaching someone new. And I would take the same principle and apply it to your class, right? So I think a lot of times, and this is how you keep a class in, you know, exciting and engaging for your more experienced members, Say you're doing something like the clean, the clean's a great example, right? You're gonna you're gonna coach the clean and these guys have done it for two years, right? They've done it a lot. Do we have to go over every little nuance of it? No, give them one nugget to think about today, especially if, if I walk into a, a class and I'm like, man, these are my veterans, they know what they're doing. Let's, you know, today let's talk about uh, regripping the bar on the way down. Today, you know, let's talk about catching it in a solid power clean position versus trying to must, you know, just giving them one thing to think about versus everything and, and making it unique, giving them, oh, wow, I, you know, no coaches dug into that concept or it's been a while and now all of a sudden they're moving better. And, and to me, nothing is more exciting. I remember, you know, this is how exciting it was. This is probably six months ago now at, at the box here, we were cleaning and it was a lightweight, I think I've talked about it on the show, it was light. And I, and I just taught them, hey, so many of them, you see this a lot, like they bring the bar down and then they continue to lower it for a hang power clean, right? So it's like 75 or even 95 for men, even 135 for that matter. And it's like, they should just be quick cycled cleans, but instead they lower it to their you know, mid thigh and then continue to lower it down and then slowly bring it back up again. And I remember telling one of the women, I was like, hey, treat it like a kettlebell swing. And as soon as it touches your thigh today, I want that to be your go signal to bring it right back up. And I saw her doing it in the workout. And I was A, super excited that she listened and did it. But B, afterwards, she was like, that was so much easier. And I, I got such a better score. You know, so that one, one little simple thing really made a difference. 
in, in those instances, the whole goal is to remove as much thinking as possible. In order to do that, you cannot, you have to leave out the complexities that we all know and study and nerd out on and just make it simple, make it, make it easy to get to the point and make it easy for them to get to the end state, which is less, less roadblocks, uh, roadblocks, less words, and just more getting to the point. One last thing, you know, I'm reading the book Effortless, the same guy that wrote Essentialism, highly recommend it. There's actually quite a few CrossFit references within there. And, and one thing that he says that I really appreciated was, don't think about making the steps more simple, think about removing the steps. And I think that's a concept you can apply. So, you know, yes, I can take the clean and have 20 steps, but make them super simple. Hey, you know, shin, mid, below the knee, et cetera. Rather, let's just go and make it, hey, jump and land like we talked about. Like get rid of all of these extraneous steps. So there you have it, overcoaching in a nutshell. Any, any last words? I hate you. No, you don't. You love me. You're right. You how excited how excited are you? When was the last time I saw you? It was, it was dropping in. It's it's it hasn't been long enough. <laughs> it's been almost two years since we've been in person. And man, you know, you and I are getting ready to judge at the CrossFit Games in a in a month or so. It's gonna be crazy. We haven't seen some of these people in years. I got my man Dustin Virgil was texting me this morning. I love Dustin. I'm excited to see him. I'm just curious how you're going to deal with being out of your basement. I've been out in the world, you know, I've been all over. I'm not going to lie. I've developed, I think I told you guys this, I've developed a touch of agoraphobia. Do you know what that is? Yeah, I'm not shocked about that at all. Yeah, I've got it. Like, it was like the other day, I had to, I forget even what I had to do, but I was like nervous the night before. It was like something simple, like go get groceries, you know? And I was like, oh, I gotta leave the house. Like, I don't want to, I'd rather just, you know, be on the couch chilling. It was crazy. So I'm nervous. I actually, yesterday wrote a whole list of what I need to pack for the trip. That's, that's how long it's been. Like, I'm afraid of forgetting things like deodorant. You, you're like, I forgot how to pack. I forgot yeah. how to pack. That's how long it's been. Right. Anyway, I wish you the best, my friend. So you never miss an episode of the podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and on all major podcasting platforms at best hour of their day. Thank you so much for tuning in and for being a part of the best hour of our day. See you next time. You've heard me talk about it before, and I'm truly not joking. I'm being 100% genuine. I love Doc Spartan products. I use it every day. I talk about the Sex Panther beard balm. That's literally what is in my beard right now. And I use all of the scrubs, my favorite being the coffee scrub, just in the shower, gives you the tingles, gives you the feels. I love it. And there's so many other great products. I use their deodorant. I've used their hand care when I've had tears. Just check them out. It's veteran owned, you know, guy that was in the military serving our country, Dale. I got to know him over the years and he's just a great dude. And I started buying his products and he reached out to me and said, Hey, we want to support the show and we appreciate it. And I just want you guys to not only support Doc Spartan and Dale, 
but also reap the benefits. If you want to be sexy like me, then you want to check out Doc Spartan products. 15% off with the code best hour. That's best hour for 15% off anything at their website, docspartan.com. Check out the coffee scrub and definitely check out the beard balm. And ladies, there's stuff for you too. So head on over to docspartan.com, use the code best hour and save 15%. You started your business to help others. Somewhere along the way, you lost the capability of doing it on your own. Imagine how much different your business would be with an extra $10,000. Would you pay your rent? Would you buy new equipment? Would you pay your coaches more? Would you pay yourself? What if you could do that and donate to others? We started our business to help you. Finally, a, a payment solution for the micro gym space. We are proud to introduce you to WheelPay, a platform that allows you to both save money and be generous. With giving partners like the Phoenix, the Navy SEAL Foundation, the Green Beret Project, and other charitable organizations, you can trust that your donations will make a massive difference in the lives of others. Saving has never been easier. Giving has never been easier. Pay better. Do better. Will pay.